Good evening. I hope you've had a great day today. Welcome to BVJ's Bedtime Stories. I'm Big Voice Jay, and this is a show where we get you ready for a good night's sleep with public domain short stories just for you. Links to all the stories can be found at the show notes at bedtimewithbvj.com. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a buy me a coffee link on every page and post. Tonight's story, Four Men in a Cave, by Stephen Crane. The moon rested for a moment on the top of a tall pine on a hill. The little man was standing in front of the campfire, making orations to his companions. We can tell a great tale when we get back to the city if we investigate this thing, said he in conclusion. They were one. The little man was determined to explore a cave because its black mouth had gaped at him. The four men took a lighted pine knot and clambered over boulders down a hill. In a thicket on the mountainside lay a little tilted hole. At its side, they halted. Well, said the little man. They fought for last place and the little man was overwhelmed. He tried to struggle from under by crying that if the fat, pudgy man came after, he would be corked. But he finally administered a cursing over his shoulder and crawled into the hole. His companions gingerly followed. A passage, the floor of damp clay and pebbles, the walls slimy, green mossed and dripping, sloped downward. In the cave atmosphere, the torches became studies in red blaze and black smoke. Oh, cried the little man, stifled, bedraggled. Let's go back. His companions were not brave. They were last. The next one to the little man pushed him on. So the little man said sulfurous words and cautiously continued his crawl. Things that hung seemed to be on the wet, uneven ceiling, ready to drop upon the men's bare necks. Under their hands, the clammy floor seemed alive and writhing. When the little man endeavored to stand erect, the ceiling forced him down. Knobs and points came out and punched him. His clothes were wet and mud-covered, and his eyes, nearly blinded by smoke, tried to pierce the darkness always before his torch. Oh, I say, you fellows, let's go back, cried he. At the moment... He caught the gleam of trembling light in the blurred shadows before him. Oh, he said, here's another way out. The passage turned abruptly. The little man put one hand around the corner, but it touched nothing. He investigated and discovered that the little corridor took a sudden dip down a hill. At the bottom shone a yellow light. The little man wriggled painfully about and descended feet in advance. The others followed his plan. All picked their way with anxious care. The traitorous rocks rolled from beneath the little man's feet and roared thunderously below him. Lesser stone loosened by the men above him hit him on the back. He gained seemingly firm foothold and, turning halfway about, swore redly at his companions for dolts and careless fools. The pudgy man sat, puffing and perspiring, high in the rear of the procession. The fumes and smoke from four pine knots were in his blood. Cinders and sparks lay thick in his eyes and hair. The paws of the little man angered him. Go on, you fool, he shouted. 
poor painted man, you are afraid. Oh, said the little man. Come down here and go on yourself, imbecile. The pudgy man vibrated with passion. He leaned downward. Idiot. He was interrupted by one of his feet, which flew out and crashed into the man in front of and below. It is not well to quarrel upon a slippery incline when the unknown is below. The fat man, having lost the support of one pillar-like foot, lurched forward. His body smote the next man, who hurtled into the next man. Then they all fell upon the cursing little man. They slid in a body down over the slippery, slimy floor of the passage. The stone avenue must have wibble-wobbled with the rush of this ball of tangled men and strangled cries. The torches went out with a combined assault upon the little man. The adventurers whirled to the unknown in darkness. The little man felt that he was pitching to death, but even in his convolutions he bit and scratched at his companions, for he was satisfied that it was their fault. The swirling mass went some twenty feet and lit upon a level dry place and a strong yellow light of candles. It dissolved and became eyes. The four men lay in a heap upon the floor of a gray chamber. A small fire smoldered in the corner, the smoke disappearing in a crack. In another corner was a bed of faded hemlock boughs and two blankets. Cooking utensils and clothes lay about, with boxes and a barrel. Of these things the four men took small cognizance. The pudgy man did not curse the little man, nor did the little man swear in the abstract. Eight widened eyes were fixed upon the center of the room of rocks. A great gray stone, cut squarely like an altar, sat in the middle of the floor. Over it burned three candles in swaying tin cups hung from the ceiling. Before it, with what seemed to be a small volume clasped in his yellow fingers, stood a man. He was an infinitely sallow person in the brown-checked shirt of the plows and cows. The rest of his apparel was boots. A long gray beard dangled from his chin. He fixed glinting, fiery eyes upon the heap of men and remained motionless. Fascinated, their tongues cleaving, their blood cold, they arose to their feet. The gleaming glance of the recluse swept slowly over the group until it found the face of the little man. There it stayed and burned. The little man shriveled and crumpled as the dried leaf under the glass. Finally, the recluse slowly, deeply spoke. It was a true voice from a cave, cool, solemn, and damp. It's your auntie, he said. What? said the little man. The hermit tilted his beard and laughed a laugh that was either the chatter of a banshee in a storm or the rattle of pebbles in a tin box. His visitors' flesh seemed ready to drop from their bones. They huddled together and cast fearful eyes over their shoulders. They whispered. A vampire, said one. A ghoul, said another. A druid before the sacrifice, murmured another. The shade of an Aztec witch doctor, said the little man. As they looked, the inscrutable face underwent a change. It became a livid background for his eyes. 
which blazed at the little man like impassioned carbuncles. His voice rose to a howl of ferocity. It's your ante! With a panther-like motion, he drew a long, thin knife and advanced, stooping. Two cadaverous hounds came from nowhere, and scowling and growling made desperate feints at the little man's legs. His quaking companions pushed him forward. Tremblingly, he put his hand to his pocket. How much, he said, with a shivering look at the knife that glittered. The carbuncles faded. Three dollars, said the hermit, in sepulchral tones, which rang against the walls and among the passengers, awakening long-dead spirits with voices. The shaking little man took a roll of bills from a pocket and placed three ones upon the altar-like stone. The recluse looked at the little volume with reverence in his eyes. It was a pack of playing cards. Under the three swinging candles, upon the altar-like stone, the gray beard and the agonized little men played at poker. The three other men crouched in a corner and stared with eyes that gleamed with terror. Before them sat the cadaverous hounds licking their red lips. The candles burned low and began to flicker. The fire in the corner expired. Finally, the game came to a point where the little man laid down his hand and quavered. I can't call you this time, sir. I'm dead broke. What? shrieked the recluse. Not call me? Villain! Cur! I have four queens, Miss Grant. His voice grew so mighty that it could not fit his throat. He choked, wrestling with his lungs for a moment, and the power of his body was concentrated in a word. Go! He pointed a quivering yellow finger at a wide crack in the rock. The little man threw himself at it with a howl. His erstwhile frozen companions felt their blood throb again. With great bounds, they plunged after the little man. A minute of scrambling, falling and pushing brought them to open air. They climbed the distance to their camp in furious springs. The sky in the east was a lurid yellow. In the west, the footprints of departing night lay on the pine trees. In front of their replenished campfire sat John Willikins, the guide. Hello, he shouted at their approach. Be you fellers ready to go deer hunting? Without replying, they stopped and debated among themselves in whispers. Finally, the pudgy man came forward. John, he inquired, do you know anything peculiar about this cave below here? Yes, said Willikins at once. Tom Gardner. What? said the pudgy man. Tom Gardner. How's that? Well, you see, said Willikins slowly as he took dignified pulls at his pipe. Tom Gardner was once a family man who lived in these air parts on a nice little farm. He used to go away to the city often, and one time he got a gambling in one of them their dens. He went to the Dickens right quick then. At last he come home one time and told his folks he had up and sold the farm, and all he had in a world. His little wife, she died then. Tommy went crazy and... Soon after, the narrative was interrupted by the little man. I wouldn't give a 
Cuss if he had left me enough money to get home on that doggone gray-haired red pirate, he shrilled in a seething sentence. The pudgy man gazed at the little man calmly and sneeringly. Oh, well, he said. We can tell a great tale when we get back to the city after having investigated this thing. Go to the devil, replied the little man. You know, they say that gambling will do some odd things to you if you're not careful. Most important thing to do is to know when to quit. I want to remind you that we're always on the hunt for great stories like this one to feature on the podcast. And if you know of any, please let us know. BigVoiceJ at gmail.com We've got a YouTube channel full of stories from the show. Go to tiny.cc slash bvjbedtime. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps to spread the word that we're putting people to sleep every single night. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a Buy Me A Coffee link on every page and post. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>